Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Stay tuned for a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do, cause you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplug like a fool swung titty About get jitty Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Yeah, cause this unhinged comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready Cause we bout to get it poppin' And we ain't stoppin' I'm educated, unfiltered, unhinged This demand on a dialogue We had it again Yeah, we had it again Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged This the man trying dialogues We at it again Yeah, we at it again Yeah, yeah Way to co-op the blacks with your theme song, Nick <laughs> and Greg Manginers. We we had to play it for you. Like it needed to happen. By the way, Nick, what's the best Mangina reference in a movie? I think it's from Step Brothers. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of where we got it it's from. It's the greatest. Yeah. That ending scene or those that that scene near the end with those two is just my favorite. Brendan yeah. has a Mangina. Oh my god, poor <laughs> that's Brendan. That's kind of where we got it from. That's so kinda... good. I have one too. So. <laughs> Same, it's Mark's Women's History Month. Yeah. I just, I just tucked it back for you. So. Why do women get a month? Yeah, why? We should get three days a month every month because <laughs> we bleed. I mean, I don't. I'm 59. That ship has sailed. Thank you, Jesus. Oy <laughs> vey. Who needs it? I'm still bleeding. I know. For I'm those bl- of you who are wondering who that voice is on it's the other Greg. end. It's Greg. <laughs> He's finally transitioned. He's finally made I it. I mean, it's about time. It's the queen of mean. The former queen, I You're mean. The, 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 I mean, the queen of mean, mean, who's one of the nicest people I've ever I'm met. I'm like the greatest. <laughs> I don't know what Lisa it is. Lisa Lampanelli. I didn't ask Bo about this the other day when he did his non-downloaded podcast. <laughs> who's Bo? Bo McDonald's who's or that? something. Who is that? Mo McDonald's. He we looks like McDonald's. McDonald's is the sponsor of his podcast. Well, You're of course it is. Did you see yeah. him? Yeah. <laughs> Not to fat shame, but I am. Um, no, but it's like I was like saying to him, like, how did I get sucked into thinking I owe you guys help? It's like the universe said to me, I'm going to take, you know, your old crippled friend out of your life and I'm going to put your mom in a home so you don't have to watch her too much. Let me insert two dummies to help. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I have the same questions to myself. Well, the thing is, though, I'm a big celebrity. Yeah, I'm terrific. Talented. Yeah. I go out on a Saturday. Don Jameson, who was at your show the other day, who was a headliner. Gave me the worst insult I ever been in my life. He goes, so do you come here every week? And I said, oh my god, I'm never showing up there again. Because actually, I'm friends Damn with Don. I'm trying to keep. I'm her friends around. with Voss too, and I'm like, I can't show up there again like a loser on Saturday night. So I was going to actually ask if you were going to come watch. I'm Voss. going to see my other uh, dirty homosexual friend, not you, the other one. <laughs> Who? No, I, Gus. No, nobody. No, no, no. Not a comic. I have uh, friends. I don't have any comic friends. Gus is a friend now until yeah, yeah, yeah. he starts misbehaving. Then he's out until he sucks. The yeah. way I roll with these comics, Greg, I try to help them. I don't, though, now help overly help. Like I won't put it this way. Gus doesn't need me. Any more than I need him. I think all these things have to be even. Right. You and Bo are different. You're both just kind of dummies who are struggling. Amen. I say, let me let me help. Let Lisa help is my motto. 
and that'll end soon enough <laughs> when I start getting annoyed. How do I keep it going? How no, we... actually, you can keep it going by just doing what I effing say, because these comics who ask for your help, there's a reason I became monstrously famous and wealthy. Why are you not listening to me? But Listen. I will say for you and for Bo McDonald's, you guys both listen and learn. Greg, you would not believe the difference in one week. Actually, it was two weeks. You guys were so much better because Bo yeah. slowed down. He actually did punchlines instead of, I'm just going to be monotone and fat Lazy. and dopey. Yeah. And you, I don't know, there's not that much terrible stuff about you, but I will find it. <laughs> I will. And I want you to. I'm one Don't of those, worry, I'm watching. I have a list. I'll send it to you. I know. I'm one of those must. people, man. Like, I mean, like, it's funny to think that you said people haven't taken your advice. I, I tell them to die then. It's wild. Like, even in, you know, work in the fitness industry, I've always tried to find who's the best. Why who's not? done the best? Let me ask them all the questions. Thank you. I mean, I took advice early on. I remember when I started. I had taken a comedy class in, I started in New Haven at Joker's Wild. This is like, <laughs> what, 35 years ago? And it's still, I think it still exists or just closed. And there was this comedy teacher named Michael Jackson. No lie. This was a different Michael Jackson. This one was black. So <laughs> I do the class with this guy. Of course I'm going to listen. He gave us the best ways to construct five minutes, you know? And it was such good advice. Okay, fine. Then I'm in the city of, after a few years. And I tracked down this headliner at the comic strip and I was like, can you help me? And he ends up, he's one of Ray Romano's head writers. So of course I'm going to listen. I remember he said, this is the best thing you could ever remember as a comic. Com the, the audience is paying for punchlines, not for prose. So he'd be like, if you have a sentence in, in between punchlines, that's fine. But don't like tell a freaking story with no punchlines. Because yeah. that's why I have no problem doing storytelling in the show um, on sale now. Fairfieldtheater.org <laughs> uh, called Sit Down and Shut Up by Lisa Lampanelli. I will say a story can be told, but with punchlines in it. You can't right. torture the audience with your dumb talk. Right. You understand? No, I mean, you helped me. You with actually that. don't just ramble, thank God. Yeah, no, but you definitely, I mean, every critique I've had, and it was from everyone that I've, I've sent it to a bunch of comics, it's always like you need to punch it up or yep. like you need to add stuff. Or find other things. You know what I mean? But also you come from truth too, which is good. Because I go, you told some story on stage or to me in, in the coaching about, what was it? Like something happened. Like, about, and, and I go, that oh, the trans. you have a Oh, my cousin is married trans, to a transgender man. And I go, yeah. that's not true, is it? And you're like, oh, yeah, it is. Because it'd be yeah, horrible if it real. wasn't true because like you're yeah, making fun. It'd be fun. weird to make that up, yeah. But <laughs> I like that you naturally come from stuff that, really happens because a lot of comics just try to make stuff up but it doesn't work i don't have a brain like that you're he not doesn't. you don't have a brain i don't it's you might as well just use your experience <laughs> and keep working out <laughs> keep tucking it back and you will be all at first fine. he tried to uh do like a fitness job right you were yeah, a trainer. yeah for 10 years it yeah, didn't i'm work. still doing it Dude, look at you it's not helping you might as well go to comedy good thing i'm nice now huh that's yeah good, good, good positive self-image that yes, was nice yes, dude was i was good. hoping to get ripped on today Bo was my my test. Um, I love that. That was great. You know, it's fun. When you don't make fun of somebody, it doesn't mean you're kind of like, ugh. Yeah, I've always said that. I've always, like, if I don't, people I don't like, I just don't talk to them. That's the worst. You have to just go. Like, if I don't like them. You have to be careful with their feelings. Yeah. I I, I told you this last week at uh, BJ Ryan's, but, like, I didn't know, like, growing up with a dad like mine, I didn't know sensitive people existed until my 20s. Like, I really didn't know that people, like, 
couldn't handle like just ball busting between right, friends. Right. It wasn't coming from a bad place. I know. People just get, I was like, oh, I didn't know. Like people got upset. I thought this is just like. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but also, you know, like we grew up. Are you 100 percent Italian? I have no idea. I think I'm a quarter Polish or some oh, shit. Me too. How yeah. weird. I think I my my grandmother was blonde. Like, I, so yeah, I my mean. dad was like light was light skinned Italian. <laughs> he <laughs> was white. I know. <laughs> so um, they would joke, or my mom was the badass. She would like joke around and bust balls. My dad wouldn't. He was really sensitive and nice. Everybody liked him, and everybody liked her too because she was like kind of just jokey, and you kind of knew she didn't mean it. So I think that's why. You sort of see that example and go, okay, I guess I could call you a dirty Jew. (laughs) And then you're like, wait, I can't because that's actually wrong. My dad used to say the wildest shit to everyone. He like in the community in Westchester, there's a bunch of business owners. He owned a bagel shop and there Mm -hmm. were a bunch of other guys and they all knew each other. And one dude was Middle Eastern. And this is we're it's Westchester. We're right outside of New York City. 9-11 just happened. Right. 13 years old. Yep. Okay. We're at this dude's his gas station that he owns, right? Shocking. Yeah. And his gas station, and we're there. And it's just him and my dad are talking, and I'm just standing there. And on the way out, my dad goes, hey, what's up with your boy? Flying shit in the buildings. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. And I was like. First of all, that's fantastic. And I was I like, oh, and he goes, Bobby, Bobby, no, no, he's crazy. <laughs> but like, he gets all like, and he's like, no, 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 he's crazy. And then but they start busting each other's balls. I like that. But what makes me laugh, too, is, okay, I hate when people now have to be like, tell me their opinions on things like that are stupid. So yesterday, right? I had like a, I sold a big house in Connecticut this over the summer. I had a, most of my stuff in storage and I live in the city. So my mother got COVID. I've been out here for a while. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get that thing emptied out. Have them bring it to my house, my mother's house. I'll start unpacking it. Well, the guys I hire are my guys. They do everything for me around the house. They do like the, the yards, everything, the snow, so they're moving it. And the guy goes to me literally out of nowhere. He goes, so how's it been going? How's your mom? And I go, oh, she got COVID. And he goes, yeah, see, the government's trying to kill her. And I go, oh. I, I just go, what? And he goes, yeah, I keep telling my kid, you know, it's not really a disease. It's the government. And I just go, okay, so we need to move this box in here because you like, can't even like engage QAnon psychotics. So it was no. just like, oh, I like you. And, and then... Oh, he thought we were friends all of a sudden. It's really like freaking bad. So I don't like to invite a lot of conversation. You know what I mean? No. Let's, let's just keep it. Let's all just keep to ourselves. Even yeah, even my dad, who was like, you know, he's pretty, I guess, Republican. He watches Fox News a lot. The other oh, day when I, went, when I went to go visit him at Duchess, he goes, "I'm getting sick of Fox News." He goes, oh, I'm thank ti- God. he goes, "I'm tired of these people." He said, "I don't want to listen to anyone." And I go, "Yeah, that's where I'm at." Good. Just <laughs> watch, don't watch anything. Watch the Voice. You know, yeah. stop it, Dad. When I was done, this is when I was done. I told Greg, this is when I was done with CNN. When uh, when COVID hit last year, I'm living with my father. He's seventy. Mm-hmm. I'm in, like I'm not gonna lie. I was in a little bit of a panic. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm worried. Right? Okay. Sure, Mom's sure. dead. Grandma's dead. I'm like, fuck. If my dad dies, I'm gonna be. This is gonna be bad. Oh my right? god, you'll be homeless. So I'm panicking. Yeah. So I'm panicking, right? Right. And I watched the news a little bit. And then CNN, in the midst of the pandemic, put out this story about how there was 1,800 people that died from a new virus in the in some remote part of the world. Right. That's not even going to matter. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm done. That's it. I'm out. Like, if they're. Oh, yeah, just don't watch what, news. Why? Why? 
there's there's enough going on in this country, and now you're like, oh, by the way, eighteen hundred people mean, died in the jungle. And in by the way, I like, do understand why they did it because that's important to those uncle, other jungle people. Okay, <laughs> you fucking racist. Yeah, but like, p- post it however, over there. However, <laughs> so I, I probably, I see I'm probably not gonna agree with you on that. But neither I will I. say, yeah, there's I. a way to not watch news at all. Yeah. And I didn't start watching. Oprah years ago said she didn't watch the news. This was like 20 years ago, and I didn't watch the news for 20 years, so I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so. I was really happy. I had a friend who would watch it and distill it into what I had to know about storms or if I had there was going to be, oh, a Hurricane Sandy, go watch your house. Okay. (laughs) Well, once Biden got in, I was like, oh my God, I can watch the news and not be mad anymore. And it was so cute for a couple days. Then I got sick of it again. I'm I'm back to Dennis the Menace, (laughs) Hazel. And one boring. day at a time at five o'clock. Now it's boring. There's, there's Oh, nothing. I love it though without controversy. Yeah, there's no. Well, I mean, maybe there is stuff going on, but I don't even care that much. I just go, okay, everything's fine. Well, this is the one thing I wanted to ask you today. I was watching. He only some, wanted to ask you I was one, thing. one thing. In the just one thing. Go. No, but yeah, there's one, one thing. thing I just wanted your. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Just say I'm better than Bo McDowell yeah, on fantastic. air. Fantastic. Um, no. <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you was, I was watching some old clips of your stuff, right? And I'm watching you do stand up, and obviously nowadays it's no secret that people are pretty sensitive. Yeah. Right. Like things have changed. Right. Um. But I was watching an old clip of like people in the audience and like oh all they go ra- nuts and yeah like, I think I think a couple in the audience had like sweatshirts on one said Jew, Jew one and Jew two and, Jew- and, and mini like, Jew is- and listen it's these people in the audience there's people in Chicago this couple and then their little son thirteen mm-hmm. years old when he got old enough they, the father figured thirteen um, he goes okay we're gonna come to your shows and they would get in Chicago no matter where every single show Front row. Jew 1 Jew 2 then Jew 1 and mini Jew would come <laughs> and we had so much fun we became like friendly I would have them backstage but times change but I don't know like I didn't have a uh, like nobody was like stop doing that or whatever I mean but it coincided with me retiring so I got lucky but P.S. as I'm going through these boxes at my mom's house today mm-hmm. okay most of the stuff's going to Goodwill. Most of the stuff's or lots getting recycled because uh, I don't care about the planet suddenly because I have nieces and nephews because I turned into that asshole. <laughs> and I just can't. It's weird to throw stuff away that you shouldn't. And a lot of it's just literally going to friends if they find it cute. Like yeah. I have a friend who loves theater, so all my theater stuff goes to him. Well, I whip out a shirt that must a fan must have given me. I can't even say what it said on the Damn front. It. And it literally was just accepted. It was an interracial couple gave me the shirt. Oh, boy. And it said the whole word, enter lover. And I looked at that and I go, wow, times have changed so much. P.S. I never wore it, obviously. Right. It was from an interracial couple. That's fine. It was a snapshot of time. I threw it away because you can't even give that to Goodwill. Sure. Like they would trace it back to me. <laughs> but I remember Do people used to. Tests. I remember people used to come to the show, and there was a crowd around. I remember thirteen kids, probably eighteen years old or so. Every slur that they were was on their shirt for my show. So it said "We Love Lee Slampin' on the front, and the back it said "Arab Muslim Terrorist," whatever they thought they were or they actually were they put on their shirt and they were so proud and i have pictures with them yeah and i was like that that was cool as f yeah. but i think with me rickles maybe i don't know who else you would kind of i don't know if you'd get a pass today yeah but 
I'm not afraid. I mean, I don't want to do it anymore, but I wouldn't be afraid to try if I got broke or something. Like yeah. if I was broke, if son, God forbid, if my Jew stole all my money. See, I just threw one in there. <laughs> uh, no, if my guy stole my, and not even Jewish, that's what's weird. <laughs> and maybe if I was richer, I could afford one. So um, that's what I found too, by the way. I found all the TV show pitches. I had sold, um, went to HBO and a show to Fox. And I remember we would go in, you'd go in, when you pitch a TV show, you go in with notes and you're just like a little book and casually look down, make sure you hit the characters and this and that. And one of them said, I remember the beginning just to break the ice. And you could do this. It was 25 years ago. I was like, okay, so you met my agent, Nick. He's Italian. Maybe if I get rich someday, I'll have a Jew agent. And like they'd all <laughs> laugh and it's like HBO and you get a deal. <laughs> but it's so funny. Like nowadays you just wouldn't even dream of doing that. Yeah, do, but you think, I am, do you think those days are over? I don't care really because I'm pretty. I know. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say this as a word. It's like co-opting African American or Black culture. I'm pretty woke since the last few years because I have nieces and nephews. So I am horrified by some of the shit going on in the world. So yeah. I don't know if I. I mean, I said when I retired, I didn't want to contribute to anyone feeling sad. So basically, if there's a gay kid in the audience who's going to feel sad mm. and misunderstand what I'm trying to include, that I'm trying to include everybody, why bother? Yeah. What, yeah. am I going to make a trans kid feel bad? Like, what the fuck? Like, what is your life then? What's your yeah. legacy that, oh, she laughed and made money, but some kid felt bad. But, I mean, don't you think with any com any entertainment, comedy, music, whatever, mm -hmm. that that's going to be there no matter what? Sure, but I can control what I say. Right. So when I was talking about, I was putting together the show that's going to be at... Uh, the Fairfield Theater dot org uh, <laughs> on, on April twenty fourth no, Saturday. Nobody's bothering with the fucking uh, plugs except me. I don't have to used to it. I have to do it thirty years. I've doing this shit. No, <laughs> no, but uh, there'll be a link on Nick's podcast. Nobody listens to. Be a link of my uh, OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. My grinder <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that'd be great if you turned gay. Um, turn, turn. I know, it's That's true. giving him a lot of credit. I'm close. Oh yeah, when we were talking about putting the show together, I was like, it can be so funny. Like, if you're funny, you're funny on any subject. So, sure. I mean, not stuff I don't know about. Like, I couldn't joke about politics or anything like that. Right, right. Or smart people shit. But, like... <laughs> smart people You can just kind of, like, do what you do. And then... And we're saying how... If an individual, which it has happened, comes up to me and says something hurts their feelings, like, I'll talk to them and we'll have a conversation and it'll be great and I'll apologize. I just don't think anyone is a spokesman for a group. Right. Like, mm. I won't apologize to a group. I'll apologize if Nick seriously, after this, said, you know what? I really, you know, I love you. You know, we're friends. But when you say WOP or Guinea or whatever, I feel like sad or I feel like it's kind of hurts my feelings. I would be like, wow, man, I'm really sorry. What do you think yeah. it's about or whatever? But the freaking idea that someone's a spokesman for a group especially yeah. years ago when it was just white people getting mad at black jokes <laughs> it's like by the way let people speak for themselves first of all because that's victimization bullshit yeah because people can't speak yeah you know i will never take criticism of gay jokes from a straight guy right. suck a dick yeah. and then right. we can talk right that's All your right. drop for the show, Nick. Suck it. <laughs> Whatever you need, man. Whatever you need. Uh, That's going to be his drop for everything. Everything. <laughs> Every single thing. Drop. No, that makes sense. Order. I've always wondered about this with all the social justice and all this stuff coming mm -hmm. out. Like all these white kids in Brooklyn who are outraged at everything. I feel like they don't really have like I mean, black I, friends. I, you but know what but I, mean? I don't 
blame them for being outraged because I was horrified this summer. I'm not saying it was. Oh, super I'm not depressing. saying they're not justified in any way. I'm just saying I feel like I don't know. Well, let's see your friend group, basically. Yeah, you know. Let's see your friend group. Uh, let's see what you do. I don't know. Like, see what you do action wise. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm. I don't think the and I have black friends is your past to do whatever you want. Yeah, that's that's a weird bad. Thing. Or I date a black guy, or I date have black wife, or I whatever. Have two black friends. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, but just be do the right thing for the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't know. I went this summer was so depressing. I uh, didn't want my niece and nephew. They live in Cincinnati. I didn't want them to go to the protest by themselves because I'm like this protective person, even though they're like probably could kick ass more than I can because I've never thrown a punch. I'm like a freaking <laughs> pussy. Um, I'm worse than a gay guy. There you go. Fairfield.org. Um, April 24th. Yes, April 24th. Let's add a second show. And, uh, and, and live streaming. And live streaming. And live streaming. Yeah. No matter where you are. So, you know, I, I went with them to the protest and I was just like, this is exhausting. It is really tiring. It is really emotional and terrible. But it's like, I am privileged enough, all white people, that we get to opt out and not deal with it 24-7. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Like, you I, can't I, step yeah. out of your other skin or your Muslim skin or whatever it is. No. So, I, it dawned on me how freaking lucky I am to be able to step back. Because when you get tired, you stop. You yeah. can't if you're not. It's one of those things, too. Like, yeah, I mean we're never going to know what it's like to be black in America. Like we're just never going to, maybe I'll turn into a Muslim. I'll I'll (laughs) figure that out. Like we like sympathize and empathize, but like you hear where I went to college in Springfield, Massachusetts, bad area, right? It's, it's first of all, shocked you went to college. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The guy was a trainer. Exercise science major. A couple tries. John Cena was one of our alumni. So wait, where'd you go? Springfield college. Quit bragging. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have yeah, to take SATs yeah. Listen, to get into that. Their finals were at the big E. The big E were their finals. Yeah. <laughs> Springfield. We invented basketball. Basketball no big Hall deal. of Fame. Yeah, that's it. No, Springfield it, is Oreos. not nice. It's not pretty. But I remember uh, volunteering. We just used to do this thing like Humanics Day in action. We would go out into the community. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to kids who are like six, seven, eight years old. This is elementary schools. And the teacher's like, yeah, some kid brought in a knife the other day. Right, like, right. The other kid had cocaine on him. I'm like, he's eight. Well, one what's interesting about that you mentioned this childhood stuff now, again, I found today, what, it's weird that it comes up. I snapped, like, after doing journalism after college for a while, I snapped. And I was like, I've got to do something. i got to do something different. So I... I want to be a teacher. Hmm. So I go to Columbia oh, Teachers great. College because God forbid I didn't get to like brag that I went to an Ivy League because it's all about ego back Where'd you then. go undergrad? I didn't even know. Syracuse. Okay. Oh, nice. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to Columbia because I have to be able to brag. Like it's not in your head, but you know you want to be sure. like considered you're from this smart. area too, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. So I go there and I found the paperwork today. I did throw it out because it, it wasn't painful or anything. It was just silly. I student taught and the kids were so funny because one was at an all-Italian school in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Oh, my So it God. was Catholic school ages one to, I mean, excuse me, grades one through um, eight, a computer class or whatever. Yeah. So I got all these cute little notes from them saying how, how much fun it was and I thank you for being our teacher and all this stuff. The other school, the other days a week, was at a fucking black school in Harlem. Catholic also, which, thank God... But really safe, but a yeah. terrible neighborhood. And they were so different. It was hysterical because I remember they would come up to me because I was like, everybody else was a nun. And then there's me. And then there's you. And they're like, 
um, Miss Lampanelli, it was so cute. This little fifth grade girl, like three of them come up and they yeah. go, uh, you, you know, we got a question about boys because cause you look like you done stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I do? Like, I'm, what do I dress like a slut? But it was so funny because I was like, wow, that was not the path that I should have taken in life. Like, I just, I literally, I think I lasted like a half a year and I was like, okay, I got to go. You're like, fuck this. It all is building to comedy. I'm I was done. just putting it off. And then you started comedy, you said, when you were 30. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What, I don't even know how or why you got Dude, started. Like, what's It was insane. It okay. So I was working after the teaching foray and the back misfire. I said, I got to go and earn some money. So I went back to Rolling Stone because I had worked at Rolling Stone. So I was there and I was in the research department, fact checking and all. So um, I was like, I, something was bugging me. I was like, I just want to like try comedy once. Like, but how do you even do it? Like, how do you even try it? Like, I don't get it. And so I go up to this guy, Steve Futterman, um, my first Jewish friend. I was going to say Irish guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chief, he was one of the researchers at Rolling Stone. And I go to him, Steve, you know, you're really funny. I want to try comedy, but it seems so hard. Like, what do you do? Like, how do you start? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, I don't think you should do that. It's just, it's the worst. It's the worst. It's, it, it, it's self-centered. All the attention is on you. And I go, well, that sounds like perfect for me. <laughs> because I need to be Hold able on. to brag and be have attention paid to me so that's when i was lucky enough to i was driving to see my first nephew ever being um after he was born so i was driving through connecticut and i hear on the radio a uh commercial for this place called rent a dj and i go oh i bet if i could get up the nerve to talk on a mic at like a party or a wedding like i bet i could be figure out how to be a comic right so I met this Ren and DJ. I found my report card today from Ren and DJ, and I was DJ of the month because I was that fucking badass. Because I actually was great with the karaoke. I was so freaking silly. I gotta write that down. So yeah, yeah, I know. I, it's one of my humble brags, not so humble brags. So I do this Ren and DJ, and then like some miracle like intervention i heard about this michael jackson guy this comic who taught us how to put together a little set and i go okay i'm gonna try once yeah. and i found my freaking first tape ever dude i gotta show it to you because it's it's really good yes i bombed about the fifth time i was on stage i was too confident thinking i was a big shot yeah that first time it was the the universe going okay you're gonna do this that's your very first tape it was so good and I used to watch it once a year, and then I was like, I couldn't find it, but I found it this week, and I pulled it out, and I go, I'm not going to watch it, but it's so cute, because it's at five minutes, but there's an ad lib in there, and I noticed people high-fiving at the ad lib, <laughs> which I think made me go, oh, there's something. I bet here. they like the uh, audience stuff. Right. So then I ended up doing that. My first ever. But day. it was so much fun. Like, there was no bad memory about starting. Like, even... Like the last few years when I was doing comedy, it was so much pressure, like tickets, this, that, the other, and staying relevant and all that bullshit. And I was like, oh my God, open micing was so much fun. How long you do that Beginning for? comics don't even get how much fun that is to yeah. just be talking about bits. And we'd go to the diner because the treehouse in Westport used to be yeah. where Pancho Villa is yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So we would go to the diner after. None of those guys are still doing comedy, but we'd be like, well, Gaffigan and me were the only ones. And then there was a bunch of other guys in Connecticut who don't do comedy anymore. And we would be like saying funny things and helping each other work on bits. And there was a rule. If you don't do that one within like two months, it's ours. It's up for grabs, you know? <laughs> so, but that was fun. Then the pressure starts coming on. And yeah, it's not miserable. It's like, wah. But 
it's harder when it's a business and money involved and everything. Yeah. You know? When did it start to like like be a drain? When you were like, I man, think this is I think it was the first troubling part was like trying to get on TV for the first time and thank God for the Friars Club because they were like, She has to be on the Chevy Chase Rose. Like you have to put her on because yeah. they used to produce the roast. Yeah. So they forced my way in there. Thank God it was really, really good. Then I went on Stern, but then I totally snapped at the cellar that night at the table with a bunch of guys. It's me, Voss, Florentine, Jim Norton, and we're sitting around. Those I, I like those guys. I don't like anybody else, but I like them. Uh-huh. And I just start crying because I'd been on Stern, and that's like the biggest thing you could do. Yeah, sure. And I start crying. They're like, what's wrong? You were just on the best radio show that ever existed. I go, yeah, and I don't have a manager. I don't have an agent. I just did this roast. Like I killed, and everybody's noticing, but how the fuck do I get work? And one by one, they all just go, we don't have a manager. We don't have an agent. And Eddie Ift, this comic from Pittsburgh, goes, you know, I have a friend who, she's looking for new clients. She's in L.A. Let me have her call you. I get a call the next day. They fly in to see me at Caroline's and with the agents from CAA and whatnot. And I had representation then. But that was like a struggle because that that felt like what's next like how do i make this happen you know what i mean yeah so thank god for that guy listening and also it teaches you a lesson about say how you feel because somebody you can't get it unless you put it out there yeah that's not to say you should ever go up to like a headliner and go hey dude like you got somebody to introduce me to but you show your feelings and you'll be okay that's what i think sounds like good advice nick it does. Greg's been yeah. pushing me quite a bit. To do I, what? Well, just because I've, I mean, <clears throat> kind of like what you said, like you're, well, you were f- way farther along than I was, but um, just like doing things, like there's no, you're like, yeah, I did all this cool stuff, but like, how do I, like, there's no roadmap really now, That's right? That's the problem. There's and like, I'm used so used to be to, a little uh, bit of a map. There used to be like, you get on The Tonight Show or you get on this or you get on that. Not that it always worked. Like there's a million no, not comics that, yeah. who have been on The Tonight Show that you'll never even hear excuse me here of again sure but i was i the universe just took care of me but don't you think yeah. now with all the i mean there is a lot of social media and all places you can go in and show your talents like don't you think in some way that that opens it up to people that are trying to build a career that they have all these places I mean, to it go? does but it's so there's so many more people doing it like yeah. there's so many more people wanting to be famous for the wrong reason. Sure, I mean that's everybody. So I think basically, if you have in mind money, it's never going to work. Yeah. I think basically, I always said to myself, if I could just do this for a living, and I actually meant it. I didn't have that thing where a lot of comics say it but don't mean it. And I go, if I'm a thousand dollar a week headliner forever, who cares? Like who cares? I've, ta- I'm I've doing had this that. chat right. with Bo quite a bit too. Oh, like, Bo doesn't have a choice. He's never going to yeah, fucking not no, have a that's day true. job. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Just kidding. But, I love you, Bo. <laughs> I wonder how much that gold weighs today. Yeah, <laughs> he's weighing gold. You know where he is right now? No. <laughs> he's bored and he's in his tracksuit and he's at the Norwalk Aquarium by himself walking around. That's so sad. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of nice in a way because at least it means he's not drinking. That's what I said. I was like, are you all right? Like, you need me to... See, I look at it the other way. <laughs> I, I sent like, like, them a text that... and I'm like, you're drinking again? Yeah, no, I'm the type... It's like, I like being alone so much. The pandemic has been a blast. I mean, I don't like the people died or anything. I mean, although, you know, in this game of things, probably a few bad ones got taken out. Yeah, thank out. God, yeah. So, yeah, a few racists got taken out. <laughs> a few, some of, a few yeah. clan members got theirs. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I ain't wearing no mask. <laughs> but I, got, I like being by myself. So him walking around an aquarium doesn't worry me. I think it's kind of nice that he'll at least get out of the house. Yeah. 
No, Burn some calories. I thought it was just. He's, what's what's what we've talked about this on his podcast the only reason i make fat jokes about Bo is because he's lost weight like you yeah, can't he lost like weight. if he was yeah, that yeah. pathetic fat guy you just wouldn't like yeah, it's just no. not cool he's so. actually i work with a guy who went to high school with Bo, and he mm-hmm. was like Bo's really athletic and i was like no i know yeah, i just like a... to make fun of him like, yeah I just like i'm sure he is but I just like oh I'm just gonna God. keep this going. You yeah, know you what have I mean? to. You have to. But he even said he's like, I was like, dude, you can't lose too much weight or else your material doesn't work. I don't agree. Really? Because this is your problem, Nick. You always talk, but you don't know. <laughs> this is, actually, you don't always talk and don't know. But comics, no, it's true. I'm gonna tell you exactly what a, a uh, my com my comic friend who was way uh, ahead of me in the beginning said. You learn more from listening than talking. New comics are always yapping. First of all, they always are like, I don't know if Seinfeld's that funny, man, or whoever. It's like, just shut up. You sound so dumb. No one cares about your opinion. You're fucking stupid, and you're a newbie, and any beginner should not judge it. It's like me as an actor going, yeah, Kate Blanchett was pretty good in that one, but in The Queen, she sucks a big hog. No, it's fucking great. Like, you just shut up. Also, they're always like, well, it's not going to work if you do this. It's like... You don't know that because I lost over the hundred pounds. I was just as fucking funny. Yeah. Yes, I'm gifted and Bo is not. <laughs> However, <laughs> I don't think appearance ever can really uh, hurt you. I don't because your yeah. material, you, you, you're going with personality, not looks. It's just about, yeah, yeah. exactly. So no. maybe you learned something today to be quiet. I always learn something when I talk to you. joke will work even if he's skinny. People are his skinny. Sleep, yeah, he actually doesn't have sleep apnea. But, doesn't, you know, oh, he doesn't? No, oh, he has apnea. <laughs> Doesn't he have sleep apnea? He has something. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> There's we know. Something going on we know he's him. got something. Yeah, yeah. But so now you've obviously been retired for a little bit, but now we have this show. Yeah, that we're doing. Wow, that's, that's Fairfield. Well, because what I, I did, know Nick, it. was I after I lost the weight, I wrote this play called Stuffed that had a lot of stories about food and body image stuff. It was off Broadway for two runs, and then I was touring it a little. Then COVID happens, right? So I said I was really having a good time during the play, but only I found during the Q&A part where people knew I was coaching people and would be like, oh, you know, what do I do about this food thing? What do I do about my body image issue? What do I do about this boyfriend thing or changing my life because you retired and all this stuff? So I'm like, that's what the show needs to be is when I'm having fun because that lights it up. But then also there's these stories that are so funny that happened, you know, in the last few years about food, you know, with a business, retirement, everything. So it's like a conversational show that's really funny, plus then the audience stuff with the coaching. And then I do this big roast at the end that I'm not going to say who it's about, but it's people you wouldn't expect. So it's really interesting because they kind of laugh their way through, but they're also going to be like, oh, that's really true. Like, it's insightful. Does the show change from, I mean... Oh, yeah. From, from venue to oh, show yeah. to show? Yeah. Like, I mean, kind of like because the audience asks questions that right. you can't see coming. Sure. And then also being interviewed. Like if you ever watch the Francis, um, what was the one that was just on Scorsese interviews, Franly Boots? Okay. It's like a seven part thing on Netflix. And he interviewed her all over the country. Spike Lee interviewed her, um, Alec Baldwin, all these people. So it's always a little different right. because you never know the chemistry and what's going to happen. So I like that. Yeah. I don't, again, when we were talking about acting before we started taping, 
I don't, I can't work with directors or writers that make you stick to a script. That's my failing. Mm. So I can't do a show that's scripted. Right. It's so, kind of loose ideas, but, and you kind of know where they're going to go. Right. But there's ad libs all the time. So the questions that the audience asks, is that screened in advance? Like, nope. are you going to know? So nope. it's just, don't you care. have no idea. Because on my feed, I'm better right. than, um, than scripted. scripted. Yeah. Like, there'll be probably some people who write in in advance who don't yeah. want to raise their hand. Mm -hmm. But, dude, when I do this, um, the past few years when I've done the Q&A, I mean, I'm there longer sometimes right. during that than the regular stuff, the regular performance, because they they're like won't not ask stuff so i love that is the yeah. show that's in bucks county in a couple weeks different than the show that's in, gonna be in fairfield no it's the same thing, same thing. i changed the name the though because i was like i like the name better that we have for years right. which is sit down and shut up <laughs> lisa lampanelli sit down and shut up at the fairfield theater dot org <laughs> on, on april 24th is 2021 is, for, is it the tree t-r-e no, no it's theater no 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 Spelling wise on the fucking uh, yeah, no, internet. I think it's theater. I don't think it it's better be theater. re because Bo said it was re. <laughs> don't, don't. You're, you're going off of don't. Bo said. Oh man, he's not with the spelling. He's walking around with the mammals underwater <laughs> in the aquarium. You just sent me a video of like uh, a turtle. I was like, uh, cool. You know what? <laughs> oh, you're right. It is re. Oh, thank yeah. God. Okay, yeah. and I laugh because these sea turtles. Let me tell you something. You're going to laugh. Okay, this whole environmental stuff I was never into because I was like, I don't have kids. I don't care. Right. Well, I, was, I have kids and I don't care. I know, but <laughs> I snapped, though. I ended up caring, and I, it makes me so mad. I was, um, my nephew Blaze, my first nephew, was getting married, right? So his fiance, I was like, oh, like for her bachelorette, I just, because they're very millennial, clean living. They're not like assholes and want to do crazy shit. I said, I'll take you all to Vegas. So I put them all up at the Venetian. It was beautiful. We went to Chippendale. So we did all this funny, like, cliche stuff, but not rude, like, not all drunk or anything. Right. So we're sitting at this brunch, and, like, somebody's – I drink a ton of soda and iced tea and stuff always with the plastic straw. Yeah, yeah, So the nephew, as a joke, goes, you know, oh, you know, plastic straws, sea turtles, you know. And I go, oh, fuck you, man. And he goes, I don't know, that video was pretty graphic. I couldn't watch it. And I literally, I mean, I get choked up now. I can't believe it. I go into the bathroom and I go, oh, my God, like, suppose that was my dog. See what a fucking pussy I am now? <laughs> and I just go, suppose that was my dog getting choked. Yeah. I come out. You're going to laugh. I come out. I said, take this fucking straw away. <laughs> I go, I don't like it, and I'm not using them. Well, it's worn off because I have one now in front of you. But <laughs> at my house, at my house, it's all paper straws. <laughs> I threw out an entire garbage bag of, of plastic straws. It was so Why do you funny. have so many straws? I, I enjoy a beverage. <laughs> I'm constantly having a beverage. I'm constantly having Well, what happens is when you, cleaning. She was when, when you have she weight really loss surgery, you have to drink a lot. You subsist oh, on yeah, a lot of liquids. Yeah. So I'm constantly drinking. It's either like some protein shake, whatever. So I throw all these straws away uh, to the recycle. So then I said, well, if I'm throwing the fucking straws away, I might as well throw away. I might as well recycle. So it took me to 55 to actually recycle, but it's, it's it, it, I guess it's worth it. Why not? I think so. It's I almost like I'm not, like, you know what it is? Physicians have a 
the first do no harm code. Mm. And I'm like, I'm really not doing any good for the world, but at least I'm not going to harm it. Right. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I think yeah. even in life, like if I never do another show, if I never um, do another charity event, if whatever, I'm just, let me just not harm anybody. So I, I'm curious, is your nephew's real name blaze blaze b-l-a-i-s-e it was a saint um uh and one of my my grandfather's name middle name was blaze that's very so blaze is cool as well he's married to a girl this is so wild dude she basically this is how you live your life she is an awesome chick Mm -hmm. she went to the uh, boston university grad program for tv writing she's in la she's like ah you know i don't know it's really being a PA, getting in a writer's room, it's not really for me. And she's sitting around with a friend of hers one day, and they're like, let's do a podcast. She, like, sometimes tweets out, or um, Instagrams oh, yeah, the picture. Yeah. And she's like, uh, okay, let's try it. It's got more than 100 million downloads now, and they are do huge theaters. What's and they're it called? And that's why we drink. Okay. And it literally put together, it almost combined by accident everything millennials love, which is ghost paranormal crime yeah. drinking wine milkshakes and the friends trans you she couldn't see this is what i'm telling all you comics listening you can't try to create that magic it just had Happens. to happen yeah. so you don't try to go hey let me find a trans person hey let me find like a um let me what subject are my people interested you do what is interesting to you and then see if yeah. it works if it doesn't that's okay so that took off. So one day she says to me, she goes, I go, Christine, you have to remember your next venture to do it from that place of yeah. like just loving it. And she goes, yeah, but what if I don't think of anything? And what? I go, you will. So if we just are open to what we're supposed to be doing and not force it, it's going to work. Yeah. That's why when you go, ah, who cares about the money? Let's just have fun. I think that's when it happens. If you work hard. Yeah, mm. you know they couldn't have done it if they didn't tape every week and promote sure. and all that That's stuff. That's the bit, yeah, because you got to be consistent. Yeah, that, that too. Yeah, that too. But yeah, that makes it's wild because comics, some want to work really hard, some don't, but but they think the TikTok video is going to make them famous or whatnot. I don't know what happens. I think if you just do it, and then see what happens. Well, what do you like for these guys who are all trying to find a, some kind of path in comedy? Right, like. Besides writing and, and continuing to write and, and practice, like what what should they do, right? Because we see it a lot with all the local comedians because right. we're doing shows. And I try to tell them, I'm like, you can't just get up and do 15 minutes. You know, if you want to really do something and, and like Bo, who obviously more than anything wants to be a comedian, right. like you need to get your ass into the city when, I mean, when I you can. the city used to be and is one of two places to make should happen now there's all the other venues like you Mm -hmm. say with the online and everything but i mean in my day the path was the city or la yeah Mm. and i think that's pretty much it still working every like as much as you possibly can oh yeah we used to do like eight sets a night right running around to the clubs that's hard though yeah no it's i mean i mean it's hard to get into those good clubs and to be seen by the right people and it's just like the more older i get the less i know you know, right. it's like I no one can follow it the way I did it or Amy sure. Schumer or whatever. Amy Schumer said to me one day, the reason she has a career is because I turned down the uh, Charlie Sheen roast. So basically, if that hadn't happened, she, I mean, she would have gotten famous anyway because she's good. Yeah, she's good. But 
that's like Why'd you turn what she thinks because he was mentally ill and I don't think you roast people who are fucked up. Right. It's just too sad. Yeah. So, and also there's like a couple of roasts I turned down that one because I was like, he's, there's something wrong, wrong with him. That's not morally right. So I didn't do it. But then I turned down a couple that I knew nobody would watch and there's so much work to a roast. It's like right. 30 days of hell yeah. that basically I was like, well, nobody's going to watch it. It's not going to be worth me putting them the time in. Right. Yeah. So like Bob Saget and Joan Rivers, I knew nobody's watching those and nobody did. Yeah. And I go, good. What I was, picked right. What was the best one? <laughs> the one that sold, what, the one that's been viewed the most, I think, I don't know, of the ones I did, the one right. viewed the most is uh, either Jeff Foxworthy or Larry the Cable Guy because they have such big followings. Right. Um, Pam Anderson, my manager would always say this. I loved her because she um, manages Jeff and Larry. And she goes, I go, but didn't more people watch the Pam Anderson roast? And she goes, oh, more cool people watch the Pam Anderson roast. She goes, that's why your audience has started selling out. That's right. when I started selling out sure. places. I'd show up and they'd go, it's sold out. I'm like, why? Oh, the Pam Anderson roast. Oh, really? I didn't even know it was on. So, um, but Jeff and Larry's had tons of viewers. Right. I don't know about the recent ones, but. Which one did you like the best? Like you'd actually being on it. They're all it. hell. It's the hardest job in the world. It's Why too much prep. It's so difficult because most of the time, if you're me, you have to go last because the pussies won't follow you and they make you go last. Yeah, and I, sense. I would always like, I know I probably never told anybody, nobody listens to this anyway. So I could say it. I just true. demand just more my fucking, dad, my dad. Yeah, listens. I demand more money. I'd right. be like, good. Jeff Ross doesn't want to fucking do it. Let him work for the shitty money and double mine and I'll go last. Do you write it? Did, did you write everything yourself for all? Your, no, we all have like teams so, and everybody has a team. But they're like your own guys. Right. So like basically like me, Don Jameson, Joe Bartnick, and this guy Mike Morse would really work hard. And then um, at first, this is really funny. My first original like writing partner was this guy, Scott Dunn. He's hilarious. Best writer. Wrote some of my best stuff. He turns born again Christian. Oh, boy. Oh, and so man. I lose him, but he had introduced me to Jameson and Bartnick. Right. And so it's it's all fine. So I asked my manager, I go, you ever hear from Scott Dunn? She goes, oh, yeah, he, he and Foxworthy write together. Foxworthy's not born again or anything, but he's clean. Yeah. yeah. So it's perfect. So Scott gets to do what he wants to do, and I get to do what I want, and Jeff gets jokes. But for a while, this was great. Larry would call me once in a while, Dan Whitney, Larry yeah. the Cable Guy, and he'd go. He's been on the show. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I can't believe that. He must be so bored. Well, he has a <laughs> wife and kids, so he's probably stir crazy. Um he would say to me, he'd call me with a joke once in a while to use, and they were so hilarious that I would use them. They were super racist that he couldn't get away with. Right. And, <laughs> but then I find out that Foxworthy used to call him and give him jokes that oh, were no too way. edgy for Foxworthy. So that was really cool. <laughs> That's so awesome. we all kind of went down the chain. Some that Larry gave me were just too much. Like, I couldn't even do them. Do, like, really? even me. Wow. Do any of like the gut, like the the celebrities you know not not comedians mm -hmm. who come into these roasts obviously i would assume everything is written for them but have they come in and be like no i'm gonna write my own stuff i don't try. think so i wasn't in on those conversations but i doubt it like and, in other words same a maureen mccormick right. comes in they the comedy central staff writers write their stuff yep. which is why sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad most of the time if a celebrity kills like her uh, Snoop, Betty White, it's because they came and rehearsed. Right. And they got Stewart. it in their cadence. Like she, yep, they she, got it. She got it in her. She, she didn't 
running at the last minute. Right. Like the situation when he oh. did the fucking Trump one. I was hoping he didn't bring rehearse. That, one up. that was bad. Yeah, didn't even know how to read a teleprompter. And they were like, <laughs> You don't have a suit? And he's like, No, they had to run out and get him a suit. I mean, this is how entitled people are. Right. I used to have to work for a month on the jokes, a month on the dress, a month on. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. So what's good about it is I don't think I'll ever do one again. They're just too much. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but yeah, they have a lot of help. So yeah. now for you, this type of show where you're doing where it's more like helping people, talking to people, is mm-hmm. this way more fulfilling than you than comedy? It's more it's fulfilling now. now. Yeah. But it's also like not so fulfilling that I am desperate to do it. Like it's fun. Yeah, right. But if I mean I enjoy sitting home a lot. I don't wa- <laughs> I don't walk around a fucking aquarium. Like I enjoy my dogs doing nothing. Like I love not working. But also I'm the more me and Gus work on putting the show together, the more psyched I get because I'm like, oh, that's gonna be fun. How'd to you tell get that with story. Gus? What's that? How'd you get with Gus? I saw him. He remembers, but I don't. Like I went to see Bo do a set in the city when I somehow got co-opted as being his friend yeah, i don't know how that, that happened. happened i was like really? well my my niece is this a make a wish thing my or? my other niece works with him or worked with him in indeed That's and she's like good. oh my friend Bo like wants to have your opinion i said oh, i'll go so i think gus was performing that night too right. and i said oh you're really funny and then when i decided to do a q a type show i'm like you know he's affable let me likable he's a good guy so i coached him a little with his writing and his delivery and I go, huh, I like him enough to try this. Right. And then we just got along really good. Yeah, he's so that's awesome. Good. Gus is great. Well, what's great about Gus, too, you know, I told him, because I'm enemies with most of my openers from the past, and really? he's like, how do I not become enemies with you? And I go, be on time. I have a huge hot button for time. Yeah. And I said, stop. I mean, don't ever mistake kindness for weakness with me. Right. Because I may buy dinner 50 times, but the 51st one, you better fucking grab that check. Not, yeah. I mean, that's an example that's yeah. stupid, but I'm, I don't have to do any of this. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know what? And also, I noticed in that Fran Lebowitz show, if you watch it, the best interviews are her and Scorsese because they're friends. And he always lets her win. Right. She's always the funny one. So I said to Gus, I know you're a comic, but we don't banter and you mm. get a kick out of me. You never look shocked. Well, yeah, you're the. You're you know, the it's one. just like you looking shocked does that help? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not shocked at anything. I'm like, good. Yeah. And I think also having a gay guy is really just the gays have always understood me. Are you yeah, look at Nick. That's are you, totally. Are. I mean, look at Nick. <laughs> are you Nick? You're getting everyone's hopes up about being gay, <laughs> dude. Gus has had to follow me multiple times, like Connecticut Comedy Festival, like stand up mm-hmm. New York shows, mm-hmm. and I have that joke about you know lactose intolerant being gay or whatever. Yeah. And every time he's like, by the way, I'm going to say this thing every time I go up after you, and he yeah, goes up yeah. and he goes and he goes, yeah, Nick's trying to convince you guys he's not gay. I mean, yeah. look at his pants, like every time. There you go. <laughs> oh, I have a an a. a, a, a advice for you about that gay joke yes because i forgot to tell you the other night okay so your father says mm-hmm. he goes here's your sandwich or what, yeah, what does he no say cheese for you and he does the he what does he say before that um he comes out of the place gets me a breakfast sandwich throws it to me and goes okay he throws it to me and he says no cheese for you and then then the hand you okay. see you have to take at least three seconds and make the hand bigger because sometimes because it's not out loud yeah. the audience misses it and they're like what 
why would he say he's can't what what why right right so you have to make them listen to that by having the pause before okay so here's your sandwich no cheese for you no no excuse me yeah. yeah no here's your sandwich no cheese for you three four Mm. <laughs> and have them do a gay face, like a faggoty face. Like, I'm mm. in. Have you so seen what Nick's I'm face? saying is, you see how like all that little stuff, you get a bigger laugh. Yeah, because that's all it can, and it's it's not worth rushing it. Yeah. I just don't think I think maybe in your mind you're like, oh, I can't do that too gay, or else it'll be people thinking I'm making fun of gay. You're imitating your father. I doubt yeah. your father was subtle. No, not at all. Yeah. yeah. I truly think he did fag hand really big. Yeah. You know? He's dead, what, yeah. Which Duchess does he work at? Monroe. I go there so often. He's going to listen to this because he listens. He only knows how to listen on YouTube on his laptop, which is weird. Oh, but my God. That's awesome. That's all he knows how to do. So now he's going to listen to this and he's going to, now you could go in there and be like, hey, remember hey, me? Hey, Dad, listen. Next time I do my mobile order could you tell those assholes that that means i need it fast because the drive-thru is so fucking slow it touches my, well, my dad you gotta my, my father you know who was a business owner for years in the food industry mm -hmm. he the i don't see him get mad really right the anger that comes yeah. out of him at work when really? things aren't running properly or people are being because well, he knows how to well, do he's it. a 70 year old man who's had a business life hasn't gone his way but he's mm -hmm. there right and he's there with teenage kids and he's like why the fuck aren't they doing like I my know. dad's I get like, it because you know what nobody level. cares hey Nick's father what's your what's his first name Bob Bob <laughs> it's a terrible name Robert but Bob. Robert nobody cares these kids they don't care. They're white and entitled. Fuck them. You say that all the time. He worked at Ace you Hardware in Monroe, it. too. He says, these kids suck. Even my father, this is no lie, in his bagel shop in New York. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, he, he had a, like a lot of like guys like Carlos that worked for him, right? Mm -hmm. Like dudes like that. And when I was like, Dad, you know, I never really, you don't really have any white people. He goes, white people are lazy. He 100%. He goes, I don't hire them. Ever. Well, this goes, is they're what. lazy. Well, I listen, can't. if you like, ever okay. go to the drive through in Westport, the Starbucks drive through in Westport. It's always packed. It's on the Pulse always Road. packed. Uh, that's why you call your order and do the mobile thing. It's insane. But, dude, it's nobody. I said to a friend once, I go, you know, these fucking kids who work at Westport, Starbucks, they're so entitled. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, you think any kid in Westport actually works? Yeah, no shot. So they don't. It's all kids from elsewhere. Yeah. So, no, none of those you know, kids I work. Cannot I see them come to the come to the gym with Alfa Romeo. Do you spend a lot of time in Westport or are you coming all the way to, to Westport for the no, no, Starbucks? No, no, no. I used to. And <laughs> then I turned on Fairfield, lower Fairfield County. I hate it. You're done. I, I think after the summer, I got really sick of rich white people. I really did. I'm racist. <laughs> I'm racist, and I'll say it, and it's a failing I have, but you come at me with rich white guy attitude, and that's the only people I yell at anymore. Yeah, I like, I'm just like, you're, I screamed at a guy the other day, Nick knows this, and I said, you're entitled white fucking little C. Why am I editing myself for this stupid show? <laughs> and I Where go. Where was it? Where did that happen? Uh, at my storage facility. Uh, that I, you probably can't tell yesterday. that story. Right? Yeah. I, but yeah. I yelled at him because he freaking was like, oh, you're taking too long. And I go, and you're a little white fucking cunt. Who's tentitled? <laughs> I said, so you need to shut well, the, the story fuck after up. The yeah, it was thing. big. Yeah, and it was, um, it was all just fucking crazy. <laughs> we'll talk so, after. But I wouldn't have yelled at him if he was blue collar. I wouldn't have yelled at him if he was black, Puerto Rican, nothing. But he pushes my buttons i because of the rich white men and i get it and i know it's racist but i don't care if i'm against them i don't think they're suffering like i don't think anybody's really that upset no. so believe it or not tomorrow 
my mechanic, God damn it, is in fucking Westport. So I, I'm, I'm struggling with it, honestly, because I hate it. So I go, what do I do? The guy's blue collar. He's in Westport, though. I have bad memories of that area. I'm going to try it once to see if I'm not triggered. But I'm, which I hate triggering. But I, I don't want to be mad at the people waiting in the diner um, that I'm waiting in the diner with because you know you wait yeah. a couple hours. Oh yeah. yeah. Ah, it all fucking sucks. I need a guy in Shelton, Trumbull. I need somebody in not rich people basic lands. I'll meet you in Duchess tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally Monroe. going. Why aren't I having you guys pick me up? I'm taking Ubers like a fucking. I'm jerk not even off. kidding. I'm not saying this is wrong. Can you camera. take my? I would do that. Can shit you for take you. my <laughs> stuff to recycling? Yeah, where? I don't know. Find out. Right. I, I got know. five boxes of fucking shit in my car. I'll I don't put know it where in my to condo. take. They have the recycling there. Just, Do they, they have like it. a big dumpster? They have a few, like two or three big, like blue recycling bin, like garbage cans almost. But dude, it's a lot. This is like thirty years of I my mean, career. This is for a whole condo complex. What is so it? I mean, yeah, you can fill that shit up. <laughs> recycling? You mean like take it to the dump? Is that what you do? I, I mean, do I it. do. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I no, no I what happens it. is, okay, so my mom's house, she got the big garbage can for the garbage, the big recycle one. I called the Colonial Sanitation. I said, hey, I need these recycling once a week. They say, we don't do it. We'll drop you off a second recycle thing. Every week, I need at least three because of, you know, clearing stuff out. Yeah. So I need you to take my recycling someplace so it's not my problem anymore. I think it. that's the least you could do for this coaching. See, this is what happens why I make enemies of everybody. This they Won't go happen. Oh. and they get they get semi <laughs> they don't like me either. Well, well they take they, 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 they take a liberty and then they go, Oh yeah, she, she I got famous so and I used to take her recycling. What a cunt. But you know what? At this point, I think you deserve to take my recycling in. I think Bo deserves to take my recycling. He won't do it. I will. (laughs) I think I've done. I think I've done more for them than you have. (laughs) (laughs) Greg's gonna have a fucking heart attack. My my head might explode. No, you know, you know, I haven't. It's just fun to say that. I know. But no, see, that's all. See how much I care about the fucking earth. I don't care about it enough to get arrested like Jane Fonda. But is there, but I, are they bottles or is no, it like boxes, sweatshirts? No, no, no. It's, no, sweatshirts are garbage. They they are boxes of like articles, newspapers, every oh. article written on me. I mean, this is 30 years of stuff. You don't want any of it. Scripts, like all this stuff. It's, uh, well, you're, okay, again, being a fucking woke asshole, anything that didn't have something printed on the back, I use as a printer in the printer now. But guess how many boxes I have of printer paper now? Many. Okay, you know those bankers boxes? Six. Full to the top. I'll never buy paper the rest of my life. Not because I'm cheap, because I remember at Syracuse University, it's attached, there's a forestry college. So the forestry major I lived with, you know, in a house, a bunch of people lived together in senior year. He was a forestry major, so he's way into the environment in the 80s, like early 80s. And he would get letters from friends when people used to write letters and write them back on the back of it. Yeah. Like a real hippie. Like the guys who run this studio with their incense. <laughs> so uh, so I never understood that. I said, who cares about paper? What are you, a fucking idiot? I don't know. For some reason, it really feels bad to toss it out. I'm not stupid. I don't sit there taking staples out. Like those go. Like I have my limits. How much paper stuff did you have that Dude, you accumulated 30, six think about bankers it. boxes? Think about yeah, but that's only a for single this, sheet paper. this week. What? Jesus. Because Christ. think about a thirty year career saving everything because I'm very sentimental. My mother 
mm-hmm. still has my teething ring from when I was a baby in yeah. her freezer. Dude, well, that's weird in the freezer. She's moved like seven times. Okay, I get it, though, because I found today birthday cards, and I'll never throw them out, from age six up. Everything is six. Adorable. Your birthday cards? Yep. Adorable. Should like, put, print a, make a coffee table book. They're, they're so cute. It's, it's like, you know, my parents, my sister and brother with their little handwriting and stuff. So I save everything. And there's this this thing I'm doing now. There's a book called uh, The Sensitive Person's Guide to Decluttering. Because they're like, you love everything so much that even if it's organized, it's still too much. So now mm. it's the weeding out part. But the comedy stuff was easy. One thing from every event. I have 14 thank you notes from Jay Leno because I was on the Tonight Show 14 times. I need one. <laughs> I need the one funny one. The other yeah. ones are just thanks for coming back, or but it's a little caricature. Yeah, yeah. Save one. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting what you kind of get rid of because your ego isn't involved anymore. Yeah. But yeah. personally, I'm not willing to let go of like cards for my parents sure. or well, sure. why, why should you have to? Yeah. When I'm dead, let the fucking grandkids do it. That's what and they'll do. you kept do. all that stuff at, at your mom's house? No, no. This was all in storage, at, oh, storage. from my house in Fairfield. Because oh, right, right, right. I had a house that was too big for me, but it had so many closets that yeah. it didn't look like it was a hoarder. Now it looked it. So now, oh, I'm so proud of myself. Did so much of it's much gone. Did you spend much time in that house? <laughs> all the time. Because right. I quit comedy and then I was like home all the time. It was right. great. I loved it till I didn't. Did you ever regret retiring from comedy? No. It's, here's the thing. Everybody go. My sister's funny too because she asked that question about do I regret selling the house in Fairfield? I don't do anything till I'm absolutely ready. Right. So right. I never have second thoughts. I go. I notice when I don't like it anymore and get rid of it. So when I noticed the house in Fairfield was too big and stupid, I was like, get rid of it. When I noticed like that I didn't like comedy anymore, I retired. I when I don't didn't like being married anymore, I got divorced. Like you don't fucking. <laughs> So Stay too long I, at the fair. Yeah. I, I'm just curious about that. So obviously you, you spend most of your adult life or in comedy, mm-hmm. right? So what what woke you up one day and said, I don't like doing comedy it's, anymore? You don't wake up one day. You notice, they say death Took by time. a thousand paper cuts. Right. You notice every flight's a drag and that you mm-hmm. hate your openers because they're, and you don't really hate them, but you hate them because they say something yeah. or you're mad at that one audience guy or you hate all the press you have to do and this and that. And it's just like, oh, why don't I just notice I don't like it anymore? You know? And I wanted to retire before people would notice during shows that I was hating it. Right. So I, re- I, I got out of my marriage before I hated the guy. I think you just get out before you hate it. Yeah. That's, that's what I said when I retired on Stern. Don't wait till you hate it. Just fucking stop it. If you start, if you open your fucking eyes, this is the problem. People. They walk through life sleepwalking. Sure. When you're awake, you go, oh, that doesn't feel as great. Did Stern know you were coming in to retire? Yeah, but he kept it secret. It was awesome because he goes, uh, you know, I had emailed them and I'm like, "Uh, you know, I want to announce it here because Howard will take it seriously. And they're like, let let me think. So Gary comes back and he goes, how about you do your last roast ever? Um, Roast Ronnie. And we'll get Nikki Glaser. We'll get uh, who else? It was Brewer maybe, I think. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. I go, is Howard taking this seriously he goes yes because he's struggling with should i retire mm-hmm. so that'll be really good so then i was so lucky because then everybody i mean that day i got a call from dr drew dr oz wendy williams like all the people who like me and were like come on our show we have to talk about because it's such a big change sure. no one gets out of show business yeah. 
Certainly. And I'm really not in it anymore. Like, I freaking love the little show, but it's a little fucking show. Gives a shit. Yeah. I made the jerking off motion. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because it's fun, but it it's your identity isn't wrapped up in it anymore. Sure. I never get recognized anymore, except when it's inconvenient for me. Like yesterday at the storage place with the QAnon mover. Yeah, yeah. I, a gay guy happens to be at the storage yeah, place. That yeah. place, everything happens at that fucking place. <laughs> I and I see say. him and I go, he goes, I was going to ask him to move his truck. And I, I jump out and I'm like, hey. And he goes, oh, oh. Oh my God! Hi, and I was like, "Well, he either thinks I'm fabulous or he's a big cornhole." Yeah. <laughs> he goes, "I'd love to move my truck for you," and I was like, "Okay, girl, come." Yeah. <laughs> so I only get recognized with no makeup, and it's totally inconvenient. But that's yeah. okay; it always works. I always wonder at BJ Ryan's when we're sitting there if the owners like know who you are. I have no idea. It's They're really like, who's funny. this lady giving them comedy advice? Like, I well, don't know if they know or not. <laughs> well, it used to be like where it was just like people I was eating with would be like, you've been spotted. And I'd be like, yeah, no, I haven't. Like I haven't been spotted, but people, this was when I had the longer hair and was on the roast and all that. Now it's like my appearance changed so much. I don't think so, but some people kind of do. And I'm like, okay, that's why I find it. I don't yell at people as much except that one guy, but like, that was a little justified. That that was justified. That was very much Um, justified. I don't, it's like my voice. Oh my God. The best recognition story ever was okay. This is why I hate white people. Okay. So, <laughs> and this is, I mean, this is not why, but this is like shows me I'm racist against white people. Okay. I'm on a plane and I'm already pretty famous. So, okay. It's me. Of course, I'm in first class because I'm a badass baller. So here's me. <laughs> Nobody was next to me. Thank yeah. God. Ugh. To a gay couple right in front of me. And this is years ago, like yeah, yeah, when yeah. the roasts were huge. And I notice this nanny comes on the plane with a very ugly baby. And I don't think babies are ugly. I'm not like, eh. it's a really, I mean, like it had like a face that you just knew she would grow up eventually and look like Sophia Loren. But I bet Sophia Loren was fucking ugly as a baby. Yeah, yeah. So she had a big nose. And I said, oh, poor thing. Well, I don't sleep before a flight because I'm like, I have to get up at five. Who cares? But I'm not annoyed. I'm in a good mood. I must have been flying to do something fun. And I notice the mother comes on and I make up in my head that she's a Westport fucking white rich cunt. I make enemy. No, I make immediately because she doesn't even look at that goddamn kid. And she has a cute kid with her, a toddler. All right. So she's right now I'm annoyed. So she... I, the nanny's with the ugly kid. She's behind me with the cute little pretty one with the blonde with the ringlets. So I'm instantly have my ass up about this mom not being with the ugly kid. So what does that say about me psychologically? So <laughs> the flight's happening. And, oh, my God. This is in the day before September 11th, so you could yell at people. Okay. So this the nanny, poor thing, that poor baby is sobbing and screaming and I'm not annoyed for a change. And I just start feeling really shitty for that kid. Dude, I start looking out the window. And I get tears in my eyes. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's like me being ignored. Oh, my God. So I'm, I'm like not even thinking that far down the road. I'm just yeah, like yeah. going, I'm triggered by this. I'm so mad at that mother. I literally turn around <laughs> and I go, listen, postpartum. I really go, I go, listen, postpartum Westport cunt. I go, get your like, listen, that loud, that loud. 
get your fucking ass. And I have tears in my eyes, but I wasn't crying. I go, that's your goddamn baby. You fucking moron sitting here with the cute kid. That don't work for me. I said, you fucking go up there and you come for your goddamn baby. Well, you know, that's mental. I don't care, though. I kind of stand by it. Yeah. She jumps <laughs> up. And, of course, I make up. She, it's a flight out of LaGuardia. How do I know she's from yeah, Westport? Yeah. I, it's my sick head. She jumps up, grabs that fucking baby. Silence. I said, this cunt. So I'm looking out the window. I'm very upset. I'm crying, right? The fucking gay guys look back and they go, oh, gosh, we thought that was you. But then we heard your voice and we knew it was you. <laughs> like, fucking assholes. I go, yeah, and you had to make me be the one who says something. <laughs> like, literally, like, it's terrible. So put it this way. I don't do that no more. <laughs> but I well, because she hasn't flown in a year. Right. That's the problem, too. Well, that's what happened, too. I went, uh, I was on a plane once and I... Uh, I make up lies in my head about myself too so that I could lie convincingly. So like, okay, I had a show in like Rochester, New York at the deaf school. That's a whole nother story. What? The deaf college. So anyway, it was pro- there, were, there, was, no, a pro- there was a protest and they got over it and they liked me. Anyway, okay. so <laughs> I have, I'm in Rochester and I forget that when you're on a plane, you're supposed to only have two carry-ons and it was a plane without a first class. So I always buy two seats. So in my opinion, I get four carry-ons, right? They don't like that. Anyway, so I pare it down to two and a <laughs> paper bag with a pillow in it. So I make up in my head. I go, okay, if this fucking peanut-throwing sky cunt asks you anything, you say you got it's a medical touch. issue that you need that pillow for. So I forget that the pillow is in a bag and it's an empty bottles in it. Just an empty, like a water bottle, nothing big. Like a, it couldn't hurt you is what I'm saying. Right, right. I put it up, the bottle falls. It's maybe like this, nothing in it. No, th- two ounces. Oh. oh, some guy, old guy, hits him in the face. <laughs> but it was nothing, it was a brush. And he goes like this, he goes, oh, oh, my mouth. I go, I go, dude. I go, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Because, like, I don't... I Old people remind me of my dad. So yeah. I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, like, I already apologized, like, eight times. And then he goes, oh, it's... And he wouldn't stop. He goes, and it's, it's attracting attention. And he goes, I just had mouth surgery. And I go, you know what? If I'd have hit that bottle, hit you in the cunt, you would have said you had cunt surgery. So <laughs> shut the fuck up. I go, you're a fucking liar. Okay, so I make it through the flight. I try not to kill anybody. I take the pillow down. As I'm walking off the plane, the fucking sky whore, as I'm walking off, she had to wait, goes. How to ruin your trip. She, she goes, um, by the way, you were only have to, supposed to have two carry-ons. <laughs> and I convinced myself, wait, but I, I had convinced myself in my head that I had a medical issue because I believe my lie. So I look at her and I go, and tears jump to my eyes, go, Miss, I have a medical issue that I had needed a pillow to sit on. And I don't I really feel horrible that you shamed me right now in front of other people. She literally was like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. And I go, I'll let it go, but I have to tell you, would you like to some constructive criticism? <laughs> and she's like, Yeah. You're and I go, I go, You had a very brusque manner on this flight. Is everything okay? <laughs> and she goes, Oh, it's been a couple of bad days. I go, I know. But when you come to work, 
I feel you should shake it off. <laughs> I said, this is something you might want to work on. And she goes, I appreciate that feedback. I go, thank you. I took my fucking pillow and my fake hemorrhoid and I was out of there. <laughs> Dude, that's a fucking shit. Yeah. When you start yeah. convincing what yourself. about my day ruining someone else's? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Is that insane? Yes. I don't think I've ever told that story before. That's yes. a great ass story. Yes. From the bottle and that. Oh, it's all over. I once saw some kind of like put her, she was about to put her, she's trying to put the thing in the overhead. Yeah. And she literally smashed some old guy in the head with the bag and she didn't even apologize. I'm like, it's a two ounce bottle. You're a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you especially really, after you, you said ap- you can't act, but that was if you yeah. But after you apologize good. several times, somebody shouldn't keep piling on like how yeah. in pain they are. Come, what did that serve? No, I get you. On like, that. did that help me know knowing that about you, sir? So I feel even worse. It's like no, we got Not a little it. bitch. I hope yeah, he's dead. So- I just tell people on planes I sell insurance. Well, no, that's what you do. Florentine had said he goes when you. Um, like comics hate when people ask them what they oh, do and green. and then they'll do one of two things. I never heard of you. All right, that's fine. Which hurt your feelings. Or you know I hate Chris Rock. He's not funny. And it's like so <laughs> now we're in a discussion and Florentine said, say, I sell insurance. Yeah. Are you interested? That's exactly you know what's crazy about that? I <laughs> I, I was on a plane, this is like fifteen years ago and I spent half my life on planes up until a year ago. And I sat next to a guy who we just started a conversation he started talking to me and it was fine conversation and he said to me he's like you know i never really talk to people on planes and he's like usually i'll sit down someone start talking to me and he's like the first thing i say is i sell life insurance <laughs> how is your coverage yeah yeah and yeah. the guy wound up being the ceo of some enormous hedge fund right 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 and i'm like oh that is genius it's so smart so i do that all the time and it stops every conversation yeah. dead in its tracks and honestly the stuff i never engage unless somebody's really cool like and i want to talk so i have no problem just saying could you please be quiet like i don't want to talk to you because like, i think you just hit a certain age where you just go you know no offense but i'm really trying to study this or whatever yeah. but when I used to make the mistake, because I'd feel like, oh my God, I have to like answer yeah, what I do yeah. for a living. And then it's like, I just can't. Because it hurts you. It, like, yeah. Even if you're not the most famous person in the world, it still hurts your feelings when somebody says... So to that, like you do, you do all these... And honestly, I think you're probably the best person to ask this question to. You, you've done all these ridiculously huge roasts and you know what people called you and stuff. Like... Does that hurt your feelings when you go into a roast and then there's eight people lined up just killing you for every kind of But, but personal... the thing is, I was telling, there's guys writing this book, I interviewed me last week on, it's on smack talk. Right. Like for the workplace, for, in sports, and if it's a motivation. So it's from an intellectual point mm-hmm. of view. And I said to him, I said, it didn't hurt unless the joke was lazy. Right. When it was a funny joke, I've said this many times, my favorite joke about me was when Artie Lang was at his most fucking fat drug addled. Yeah. He was gray. And he said on a roast, I think it's Shatner. He said, if I had a nickel for every time somebody said, Hey, aren't you Lisa Lampanelli? <laughs> it was hilarious. So that's not a, la- that's not a lazy joke. That's a great joke. Yeah. Right. Jim Norton's the same as me. I said to him at the Gene Simmons roast, which by the way, was the most fun roast because it was for A&E and it was not that comedy central kind of like, you know, yeah. operatives in the room. Yeah. It was, I said to Jim Norton, because I always make fun of how ugly everybody is. I go, look at this dais, carrot top, this one. And then I go, you know, the roast is ugly when they invite Norton as eye candy. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a great joke, but also Norton, 
emailed me and he was like, can I use that in my book and say that's in my intro and say it's my favorite roast joke about me? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so flattered. So if the joke's good, we like it. If it's lazy and just like, all right, okay, like keep going. But you never show it. Right. Because you read the teleprompter, you see your names coming up, you see the joke, you read it first (laughs) and you go, get ready. They're going to show you. Yeah. So even if it was lazy, I'd laugh. But most of the time I was just like, that's a great joke. So were those like, I mean, you have, I think, the most recognizable laugh yeah. on a roast yeah. uh, or anywhere, but like certainly in the roast when those jokes hit and all you hear is you, you don't even need to see you, you hear you. Yeah. Like, is, is there, there's some play in that, I imagine. I mean, like, I just know that I was like, I got to be on. Yeah. Like, there's no way you want to be like Andy Dick who would act mad yeah. even if he wasn't or so-and-so. I like genuine... Um, pumped up emotion. So right. basically, like Geraldo would always like shake his head and be like, "Oh." So it was genuine how he would react, but escalated, sure. you know. Gotcha. And uh, so I just was like, "I'm just gonna be me, and I'm gonna have to fake it for like ten of these jokes out of a hundred, right? You know." But yeah. hey, it's worth it. It's the job. Yes, sir. It's oh my god, job. we've gone way over time. We went over a little bit. But how am I? We don't really go? have a limit. There's me go over. Don't I, but I have to go to Duchess and get a hot dog. <laughs> All right. What's today? Is my dad working? <laughs> what's today? Thursday. What's your, what do you oh get god. at Duchess? What's your Duchess get, order? This is w- what weight loss surgery will fuck you because you can only eat tiny amounts. Yeah. But I always, ever since the surgery, order like a man because I'm like, you'll just take it home and give it to mom. So I always order three courses. He sees me. We ate twice at that place. And um, immediately ask get my for fucking a... thing, and I go give me the to go thing. Yeah, it's going to yeah. mom or the doggy bag or whatever. Right. So like, I go to Duchess, I get me a foot long hot dog with mustard, relish, kraut, and bacon, an order of onion rings, and a big wow. diet coke. And literally, I went there the other night after Bo's thing with Gus. One bite of hot dog, two onion rings, and I was like, I'm fucking full, and it pisses me and off. And it's you've stayed that full since you've had the surgery all this time. Horrible. And I said to my doctor, I said, I think you made my stomach smaller than anybody else's because I'm a celebrity and you want a success out there. Because he did Rosie O'Donnell. Wow, that's a great point. He did my ex-husband. <laughs> yeah, and he's laughed because, of course, he would never do that. He's such a great guy. Yeah. But it's really amazingly terrible. Yeah. Like, today so far, all I had was, like, every two hours. You should really eat every two hours because the amounts are so small. Yeah. If I eat a little bag of those protein uh, cookies, yep. mm. those Lenny and Larry's, Larry's mm-hmm. yeah. I can't even eat the whole big cookie. Yeah. It's horrible. It's a lot of fiber in those things, it, though. That's I've not a them. problem. I like shit in a fucking road flare. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it, do you, would you do it again, the surgery, if, if you know now what, or knew then what yeah, you know now? Yeah, because it's clearly like I couldn't work on myself internally without taking care of the external first, which is just how I was brought up at my failing. Right. But I always say, I'll say in the show, we talk a lot about the surgery and it's like, if I'd been born 20 years later, I bet I would have had some role models. I bet it wouldn't have been all the fat jokes. Like I just think you'll live your life and you go, okay, it's what I needed to do. I wish I didn't have to. I wish I had been like confident, but I just wasn't. Right. I played off some confidence though. Like people thought I was confident. Sure. I, the woman, one of the women who takes care of my mom now was like, you know, I just want to tell you, I'm, you know, not going to fangirl too much. But when I saw you live, I was like in a bad relationship. And I was like, oh, if Lisa can be that confident, I bet I can too. And I broke up with them and I changed my life. So I'm like, she thought I was confident. <laughs> I was a fucking mess 
fake but who it cares? It. Great actress, yeah. best actress in the world. I could have been on Who's the Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, By the way, that's why I moved to Fairfield because I thought Tony Danza was going to come. Like, <laughs> that was my fantasy to be that Judith Light character and have like a really Nick hot... doesn't know what you're talking about. Do you know who's the boss? I know Tony Danza. But you don't know why she's making the reference. Oh my God, you them. have to watch Who's the Boss. Oh. This like ad exec, Judith Light, like she like has a house in Fairfield and the guy comes, she puts an ad for a housekeeper and Tony Danza comes in from Brooklyn and he's like the housekeeper. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. cute. And it's, of course, the whole thing is like leading up to them getting married. Right, right. Eventually. It only took nine seasons. Yeah, it was so less, more time than Who's even Cheers, ball? I think. It's really? so good. I had the box set. That went to Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Sebastian did a pilot with Tony Danza's yeah. dad. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. Tony Danza can actually act. He's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, a great entertainer. He's great. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh my god. Are, do you still follow like stand up comedy? Never. I never did even when I was doing it. I don't watch. It's it was like homework. Yeah, you feel like right. homework. Like I'll watch like a Will and Grace. I'll watch it. You know, I like the sitcoms. Stand-up, what about your friends though? Uh, I didn't have co- many comedy friends. I didn't like them. They're damaged. They're just like fucking mental so should i get out no uh, probably no you fit right in the two years yeah no i felt that way about some comics too. no i think when just, you start you're i like, think it's I also looking for some I, help there but i was older than a lot of them so i think they're like um they like to spar at the table i hated it i was always like like do time on stage yeah. and make fun and then be nice yeah like it's you don't do mean off stage so i didn't like that vibe it's gotten better now for the right. girls like yeah. Nikki and all them say those guys aren't that mean anymore, but they were just mean. Yeah. And I was just like, that's not good. That's one thing I love about Voss. Voss will fucking ruin you and then come up after and go, you know, I'm kidding, right? You know, <laughs> you, you, you're not mad. You're not mad. Because he gets that. He's yeah. a recovery guy, so he gets that joking around is okay, yeah. but check in. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, yeah. So, no, I didn't like many comics at all to hang with. But, like, I'll watch the you know sebastian because i think that's funny but I, like you can name 40 comics i'll know three right mm. you know even famous ones yeah, i don't yeah. know yeah i wouldn't know one joke by any you know who was good brian regan finally has netflix special yeah. so that's good mm. he's real an old school guy so some you know some of those guys right i really respect but i just don't know them as people yeah, yeah. no i was just curious i called know. brian once i had we had the same agent and i asked for his number and I asked permission if I could call him because I was so like, Brian, how are you? I said, I'm more famous than you. How do your ticket sales keep? So how are you sold out all the time? Yeah. Right. And he goes, I don't know. I think because he's never on TV. He goes, I think That's I just point. write and write and write. And the people come back because they know they're going to get a new hour every time. Yeah. And I go, oh, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Fuck too that hard. Work That's too hard. Like, yeah. you know, like I don't, and also I don't think you can do a good hour of new stuff more than every five years. Right. And he didn't either. He would, he would write, mm-hmm. you know, and then come back two, three years later. But he's also prolific. Like he's quick. Yeah. Do, do you still not get me. offered roasts to go on roasts? I mean, like, I, I made it so public that I'm out. Right. But if somebody, I said I did that Ronnie one. It was really public that I'm not doing stand-up anymore. But I mean, if like Howard was to be like, okay, we're going to roast so-and-so and and it's a million dollars to North Shore Animal League, I'd fucking do it. Sure. But if it was like for some douchebag party for 
like a hundred grand to me, it's not worth it. What about if it's for Howard's last show and it's go roast him just oh, for the of sake course. of doing it? Howard, my favorite Howard joke was when because we roast people on the show a lot. Yeah. So we did Andy Dick, we did Artie, we did all these people. Robin, Daniel, the KKK guy, we did one year. My favorite joke about Howard was Howard. I have more. So I do like three Howard jokes, and then I go Howard. I have more jokes for you, but it's going to cost you twenty nine, no, twelve ninety nine a month. <laughs> you know, so it's always like so much fun to like yeah. get him a little, but you also had your limits too. Sure. Like I never wanted to be mean to him. Right. I'm not going to hit him about Beth. I'm not going to hit him about because what's there to say anyway about shit that like would hurt. Yeah. It's just yeah. dumb. Yeah. Even with the other real roasts, I never felt like going for the hurtful thing. Yeah. Like, even with, like, Pam Anderson, they said, don't make fun of this subject. Okay. Like, it's not going to make it onto TV. What, are you going to hurt her because yeah. you're a badass? No. Right. right. Follow the rules and don't talk about hepatitis C. It's not cool. <laughs> you know, that's just not, she didn't want to mention. Stop it. Like, yeah. it's going to not make the cut. You're stupid. Right. Yeah. Why waste it. Yeah. It makes sense. So well, this has been, has this, this has been better than having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, slightly, a little bit. Little bit. Slightly. I'll, I text my dad. Told him you're coming to Duchess. Duchess. So. Yeah. he's my bitch. It's <laughs> my mom's order too. It's ex- almost exactly the same as yours. It's the best. Like the hot dog with. I the, bet that bitch bacon. eats the yep. whole thing. She. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell your dad. Here's what happens with Duchess. Okay, so there's three quarters of that fucking foot long. What's going to end up happening is I'll remember it in about two days. Yeah. I'll look at it. Put it in the blender and give it to my dogs. Really? My dog. Well, I'll take out the weird shit that they could die from, like sauerkraut. Even though they couldn't die from, yeah. they don't like it. Why the blender? Like, today was it? Why the blender? Because they're, they're tiny little. dogs. They're One little. of them has no teeth because she was uh, not abused, but she was neglected. So they pulled all her teeth. But so today I ground up like stuff from Boston Market, and they went insane over it. Wow. It's so cute, but it's not. It's not blended. It's just chopped, chopped up. up. Because what am I going to stand there with a the fucking knife? I'm a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> My dog has the world's biggest underbite. Oh, I it's love so those. I love ugly cute, like Sarah Jessica That's Parker. why we're hanging out. Yeah. yeah <laughs> there you go. Nick's one of those guys, though. He can either look horrible or really good. There's really no in-between. Let me oh, know no, you're he... kind of at the in-between today. <laughs> I, yeah, I today misspoke. It, you know. All right, but... so listen. Final plug. Yes. Go see my show. Lisa Lampanelli, sit down and shut up. I'll explain at the beginning of the show why it's called that, by the way. So don't worry. Go to Fairfield Theatre, T-R-E dot org. Get your tickets. We want to add a second show because I got to make some money. Actually, I don't have to. I'm I'm very wealthy. <laughs> but I want to look like a big shot. Just give me that ego of selling out two shows. Sell the I damn. Google your net worth people. now. I want to see. Yeah. I, I love that they... Well, uh, we won't talk about that. (laughs) But you want to know what's interesting? I read the greatest book of all time last week. I'm obsessed with it. It's called Fame. Uh And it's by Justine Bateman, who was Mallory on Family Ties. And it's a beautiful book of essays about fame. Not necessarily her, but she her experiences in it. She's real intellectual. She went to UCLA. She's a smart chick. And I'm reading it. And I'm like, "Um, wait, wait, wait. What did you say right before that that made me think of her? Net worth? Celebrity net worth? Yes. Yeah. I said, I wonder if I have more in the bank than Justine Bateman, but we don't know. Because she was on the show for so long. I was like, I wonder how they got paid back then. Because I know with the Munsters, those poor 
guys who did those old shows didn't get residuals. So poor Fred Gwynn yeah. didn't make a lot of money from the Munsters. It was horrible. And I looked her up, and she it says she's worth $5 million, which is not much. But I go, I hope that's not true for her sake. But if it is, that's her journey, and that's great money yeah. for most of America. But boy, to be on a show for nine years, I hope it's more. That's you, a lot you know, I'll of work. Tell you, my father was a sports agent mm-hmm. back in the late 70s and through the mid-80s. And when and he's he's now long long deceased. Mm-hmm. When my mom moved and we did what you know you're cleaning out your stuff, I cleaned right. out all my dad's stuff and found all these old contracts from the late eighties, early mm. or seventies, uh, late eighties of of football players who were very popular, all pros. Right. And I'm looking at these contracts and I'm like, oh my god, like how how very did these little? guys? Yeah, little, little, little. But was and, it little at the time? So no, he, not little at the time. No, 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 no. <laughs> so my my yeah. dad represented very well-known mm-hmm. athletes mm-hmm. and he had the few contracts i found were all pros defensive line played with lawrence taylor all the super yeah. bowl winning giant teams and one guy's contract in 1982 was seventy thousand dollars and i remember God. that for the year for the year that we would go to the you know, we spent a lot of time in california so we would always be going to the airport and the guys who would pick us up in the off season were his clients who were working for limousine companies. Holy And that's crap. why when you look back and you see all these professional football players that were professional wrestlers in like yes, the Florida the League and all thing the things, ever. they were professional wrestlers in the off season. Sure. Because, because you got to make money. They had to make money. Well, when you say 70 grand, that's uh, Nick's father makes out of Duchess. <laughs> No, he does not. Yes. Not, what, not what's funny is, close. I remember, okay, so that's the 80s, right? Yep, I was yeah. in high school 75 to 79, which is why I love Freaks and Geeks, because it's that exact time period. I'm obsessed with that show. I did keep the box out of that, just so you know. Even though it's I'll never play know. it, I just had to own it. <laughs> so, I remember my sister and I pulling up to Trumbull High School for a play rehearsal, and she goes, oh my God. So I guess it was 76 or something. She goes, I saw daddy's uh, tax returns. He makes so much money. I'm like, oh my God, how much? And she goes, $30,000. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Because back then, that was like probably about 120. Yeah, I'm sure. And I crack up now thinking, oh my God. So it, it really makes sense now that when I first started playing like Foxwoods and places that are really great money, with the beautiful hotel rooms and stuff, I had a lot of weird sadness when I would go into the room and I'd be like, what's going on? I should be in a good mood with this beautiful suite. I'm like, oh, because my parents would never have treated themselves like that. So it felt sad to me. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, I can treat them. So I remember like when I was nominated for my first Grammy, I flew everyone and they all stayed at suites at the Ritz Carlton and this and that and the other. So I had to stop doing all that because I'm like, now that's just worthiness issues on my part. Like I don't have to continue to make up to my parents what they didn't have because they were, they didn't know they didn't have it like that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they're not failed bagel makers like Nick's father. So I just threw that in for him. I can't wait for my dad to hear this. I love you, dad. You know, I love you. No, he doesn't give a shit. No, but, um, are you an only child by the way? Yeah. That's a disappointment for him, I'm sure, because yeah. you're his hope. No, it's actually, we actually have <laughs> joked. We mm. have joked that. Did you catch that? No, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the He's going to skate over it. No, but no, because, yeah, this is sad. But, but um, we've joked. He's like, because, I mean, he's been 
broke, broke. And like some yeah. of the places we've lived have been not awesome. And yeah. he, he's like come in my room sometime, just been like, can you imagine if you had a sibling? Like, we'd be <gasps> fucked. Yeah. Especially if it was a girl. I, and I go, yeah, it'd yeah. be a real nightmare. I go, well, so matter of fact, thank God at least, at least, <laughs> exactly. at least you have your own room. Yeah, I did. Um, freaking Gus grew up in a studio apartment, three boys and the parents. Now that's, I think why he's, he, I don't see him as someone who will take advantage, mistake kindness for weakness. I think he's just like so grateful and he's super talented though. He writes scripts a lot yeah. that are sold and everything. So that's why I think sometimes coming from that, you just have way more appreciation. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, my dad was a baller making 30 grand. I didn't have to get a school job, you know? So yeah. I think... Went to private high school. Yeah, Saint I don't Joe's. like to brag, but St. Joe's finest. I, I used to work there, I know. As what? I used to... Landscaper? Be, I used to be... <laughs> yeah. There's no way you did anything that required I was a strength. I was a strength coach there. I used to train the teams. But don't you have to be athletic to do that? Yeah. Huh! <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta give Nick some credit for the for the few things Nick knows. He knows them. Well, no, I'm the same way there, Greg, because I know very little about the world. I know about what's funny. I know how to coach comedy. Look, I give you a fucking gem right at the table about your pausing, your fag hand, the whole yeah. thing. I'm very smart. Yeah, but I don't know a lot more. I'm not. I don't have hobbies. I don't like. Uh, I'm, the same, I'm the same. I'm only like a few focuses. It's like, very. I can't, I can't. You can't focus. Clearly, one of them isn't grammar because I don't think that's a word. Focuses. But, <laughs> Definitely you know, not. That's something I'm a badass at. I'm the best fucking editor. Like no one will ever care as much about a comma, a really? semicolon. I Dude. was always furious at my web designers and stuff because if there was a mistake, I would just have my assistant call and scream at oh, them because fuck. I was like, "How dare That's you!" Screwed. Yeah, I, I told you, have me proofread that fucking listing because I'll go off. Greg's bad at it. No, you so and I'm like, okay. What you'll laugh at? What I a couple of things I kept today going through my stuff. Yeah. I had flyers from when I do like Stitches Comedy Club in Nyack or whatever, or some shithole in Toronto. This is way in the beginning. Every one of them had my name spelled wrong in a really funny way. L-A-M-P-O-N-E-L-L-I. Yeah. Then it was L-A-M-P-I-N. And I laughed because I would, once I got famous, I'm like, oh, they're not going to do the mistake anymore. Well, you know, networks would sometimes send over contracts with the spelled wrong. And I'd take very big offense. I'm a celebrity. How dare you? And Maggie would call them my manager. She'd be like, you know, if you want Lisa to work for your network, and this is how baller we were back then. <laughs> Those days have passed. Now we'll suck a dick for a part. <laughs> but, but she'd go, if you want her to work, maybe you should do her the honor of spelling her name correctly. And like, they'd be up, they'd send flowers or whatever. But get this. She goes, Lisa, it'll never be as bad as poor Bill Engvall. She handled all the blue collar guys. Just poor Bill drives up to the Grove in Anaheim, beautiful, big theater. Yeah. I played it a few times to film his special, one-hour special. It says, welcome, Bill Engball. <laughs> and you just, I can't even imagine how that must feel because it's such a bad misspelling of that. Yeah. So, like, I can take it. They're not going to do that at Radio City. They're not going to. But that's a dick move. It's a it's a gorgeous two three thousand seats, and you're yeah. gonna spell the name wrong. So I guess Lampanelli, I give him a pass. Yeah, Scopoletti is a tough one too. Nobody's gonna ever have to remember it. 
I was digging for I that. <laughs> I was hoping you would do that. It has to be Nick Scopes. Yeah. Well, you do that. Do you think so for real? He Listen, tells me, I this don't is wanna... what I think. Here's what I think you do. Yes. I don't like the name, but I see Nick Scopaletti, Lisa Lampanelli. See, there's this rule of funny, even number of syllables. It works better okay. as a name, believe it or not. I mean, I think it does. Okay. Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, of course, there's exceptions and just as many. I have a prejudice against odd number syllables. It just doesn't work for me. Hmm. Uh, I would do either a joke right at the beginning about, you know, my friend want me to change it to, hey, Nikki Scopes or yeah. something to suck them in a little bit. Yeah. Or you're going to have to maybe edit it down a little, spell it more normally. Like mine was Lampugnally. I had to change to Lampanelli. Yeah. So I don't know if I like your name. I don't know what we could do about it, though. Tell me what How does it spell? S-C-O-P. No, no, say it once. Scopaletti. It's not terrible. It's not as bad as Lampugnally was. I had to get rid of the G. Anytime you have a silent letter that fucks you up that you go to play a bowling alley in freaking Des Moines and on the machine because you're not famous yet, it says... Headline in this Thursday. Lampoon. Lisa Lampoon. No. <laughs> I, I snapped in that room and I called my friend Scott Dunn, the now born again Christian writer. I said, find me a fucking spelling and a nickname, motherfucker. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll it's, talk it's about it. I'll think about it. Scopoletti, but everyone says Scopoletti. Like, say it quick so it's almost like in that. Well, you're going to have to change the spelling then. Yeah. Because you can't, like, then have your feelings hurt about it. Yeah. Oh, they got my name wrong. No, I no. don't care. I mean, people get my first name wrong, too, because it's, well, my f- full, it's Nicholas, oh. but with no H. And, like, yeah, I don't your know why. Yeah, your father fucked you in the ass on this whole deal. my mother did that. Wow. <laughs> I was like, why the no H? That's what I said to him. I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, he goes, I don't know. Scopaletti. That's odd. Yeah. Oh, you're screwed. There's a lot of letters. Nick Scopes, letters. quicker, better. I, I, what about Sebastian Maniscalco? But Nick Scopes, to me, <laughs> sounds too, sh- I'm trying to be show busy. That's what I hate about it. Because I think Nick can't everyone, pull that off. Yeah, the scope. I mean, every, everyone. Oh God! Literally, I, literally like, though, everyone from that I grew up with calls me Scopes. No one calls me Nick or Nick. None of that. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't do. know. We're gonna have to experiment. Maybe it's like Bo's name is really James. I just think that it's yeah, it's tough. I think you know what? This is the least of your problems. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there's a lot more you got to yeah, deal with. Yeah, I'm trying to first. grow my hair back. We'll yeah, good luck out. with that. <laughs> Do you have plugs or getting plugs? I won't do any of that. No, I shit. I mean, I, I if I let my hair grow out, I have hair. Just my hairline has receded quite a bit. Let me see. And there's... Oh. In the back here. <laughs> Don't take steroids when you're a teenager. Yeah, that's bad. That's what happens. Well, listen. On that note. Since this, is, yeah, <laughs> since this ceased to be about me about three minutes ago, I don't like it. <laughs> so go and get tickets Lisa. for the show if you don't go to see it go fuck yourself I don't care because I, what am I supposed to do because you're rich be say sad it, about it. it I'm a badass baller you're sucking my D and Greg <laughs> you better have the food in the dressing room like I want we will spicy right you love okay. spicy oh, food oh yeah motherfucker just yeah. get me a, I will say that I do rim. want you to come to the show because we do care about it yeah no I want to add a second show come. they better come all right. All right. I love you, buddy. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Bye, Mickey Scopes. <laughs> Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do, because you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty. About get G.
You know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Yeah, cause this unhinged comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready, cause we bout to get it poppin' And we ain't stopping. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged This demand giant dialogues We had it again Yeah, we had it again Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged This demand giant dialogues We had it again Yeah, we had it again Yeah, yeah